Hello, and welcome to the African Tech Roundup. This is episode 15. Now, you know how we roll. Every Monday, we round up the week's most important technology, digital, and innovation news from across Africa. I'm your host, Andile Masugu, broadcaster and entrepreneur, and co-hosting the show with me, as always, is my main man, Defo Mohapi, tech entrepreneur and executive editor of iAfrican.com. How's it, bruh? I'm good. Good to be back. Back on strike after missing out last week's show. Many thanks, of course, to our content producer, Peter Peel, who stood in uh, for you, Defo, but uh, nice to have you back. Good episode last week as well. And if you're joining us for the first time, we'll forgive your lateness and just send you straight to africantechroundup.com to catch up on what you missed while you were living under a rock or something. And while you're at it, sign up for our weekly newsletter to get the podcast sent straight to your inbox every Monday morning. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at africanroundup. Give us a shout and tell us what you think of the show. In this week's discussion segment, we're asking a simple question. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? That's right. What are you going to do when a well-resourced outsider from some place like, oh, say, Silicon Valley swoops into your hood and starts dating all the hotties? Well, not exactly. I mean, I just remember the time back in, in high school when being new just meant you were just going to get all the attention in high school. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens. We've seen it recently in tech as well, in tech startups. But yeah, listen till the end and you hear what we're talking about. <laughs> Well, first, though, this week's African Tech Roundup is supported by Lean Startup Machine Johannesburg, also known as Lean Joburg. Lean Startup Machine is a three-day workshop on building a successful business by learning how to fail fast and succeed even faster. You see, most new ventures fail because they build something no one wants. At Lean Joburg, you'll learn a process for discovering which products will succeed in the marketplace and which won't. It's an immersive 48-hour educational experience, not a talk shop, not a conference, and not a hackathon. To book your spot at the next Lean Joburg, starting on Friday, July 31st at Josie Hub, visit bit.ly forward slash Lean Joburg or find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Lean Joburg and on Twitter at Lean Joburg. Now, before we head into the news, I was really privileged to have a chat with the recently appointed MD of Simodisa and World Economic Forum Global Shaper, Mati Modise. She spoke to me about the power of finding your voice and the need for Africa to create homegrown solutions for the world. Here she is. My sense of leadership has always come out, you know, that based on me being a prefect in primary school, deputy head girl in high school, uh, me I suppose, you know, now, you know, taking up roles and responsibilities at the World Economic Forum, Global Shapers, um, you know, Africa 2.0. So that's some, my leadership ability has been something that has always been there. Um, but my voice came out when I took up leadership at the South African Black Entrepreneurs Forum because um, within two months of being there, I was able to kind of now tap into my inner passion of developing my people, of ensuring that we are able to get more of my people to be entrepreneurs. And how then do we bring all these initiatives and activities and, and, and information and take it to where my people live. You can catch the rest of my in-depth conversation with Matsi on our sister podcast, African Tech Conversations, which you can also find on africanroundup.com. Right, now it's time for the news. Now we open with some exciting news from my home country, Zimbabwe. Seems we have an Elon Musk in the making in the form of a high school dropout named Sangulani Chikombuzo 
who has become the first Zimbabwean to design and build an electric-powered vehicle and a hybrid helicopter, among other gadgets, through his company, Safe Technologies. Yeah, Chikumbuso was born in Zimbabwe, as you said, and from a high-density township or suburb called uh, Kuadzana. Kwazana, I like how you did it, and, and it's interesting with with Zim. We don't use the term township; we claim the sub- suburban title, even if it's <laughs> more or less a township. Yeah, Chikumbuto apparently started his uh, inventions while at uh, Brodacom, where he invented a, a Wi-Fi matching technology. But funny enough, it failed to get patents both in Zimbabwe and in South Africa. And look, the story goes, he had tons of these inventions. He'd meet businessmen along the way who might believe who believed. In his uh, in his potential to, to make something big, but it always fell apart. And now it seems for the first time um, things are coming together for him in a really big way. Yeah, especially with a green power machine. He first wanted this to be a green energy supplier, but it was when it was rejected at the patent offices, they said this is more in motion energy, like a green energy motion uh, device. So hence he's going with the electric vehicle. Would really love to know a little more about how you know this all works. I mean, being in energy is right down Elon Musk's uh, alley. Guys going head on with very well resourced individuals who have tons of money behind them. It's really nice to see something like this come out of Zimbabwe. And of course, if you have any more information, or uh, if you've heard or experienced or seen any of these gadgets in action, and you can tell us a little more about it, come on, Zimbabwe, come on. Tell us more about it because we really, really want to punt a great thing when we see one. So, yeah, give us a shout if you know anything. For our next story, Uber Nigeria, we're here. It's your birthday. Big up to you for uh, getting that business going well. Yeah, and very peaceful compared to South Africa and Kenya. So congratulations on getting that market right so far. And perhaps you can send us an Uber plane to come celebrate with you guys. How about it? (laughs) And please tell us, did you enjoy? Apparently, uh, Nigeria enjoyed... um, free uber rides on saturday in celebration of this anniversary tell us how that went uh and uh send us pictures even if you want yeah you can send us tag us at african roundup we'd love to know what went down with the uber free rides apparently limited to two rides so yeah let us know what do you know another major mobile money announcement this week following the dozen odds made last week well okay i embellish a bit uh more or less three announcements made uh, by Transfast, Pay2, uh, and Boss Revolution. And now, HomeSend and Azimo are in the mix. To quote Peter from last week, cr- things are crazy out here. I mean, we've got another two launching this week. And yeah, I, I, I don't know if the market is big enough. I don't know if uh, the diaspora is that big to be sending that much. We know they send a lot of money back home, which means here in Africa. But are they that big? Do we need so many players? Well, apparently the World Bank estimates that the global remittance market will continue to grow this year to a projected total of 586 billion US dollars. I guess that's just far too much to ignore. It is huge. I mean, but how many players do we need? I mean, they seem to be literally popping up every week. So Azimo's London-based. HomeSend is a joint venture created by MasterCard, ESERV Global, and BICS. Interesting how foreign players coming together, teaming up to take on our markets. Crazy. Crazy. And to quote somebody on Twitter who goes by the Twitter handle at prepaid underscore Africa, they said that the market for remittance services is overheating when they tweeted us. Mm, well, 
What we do know for certain, though, is that um, Azimo's customers are, are found in 20 European countries and now will be able to send funds to the following countries in Africa, Ghana, Kenya, U- Nigeria, countries that were already covered by uh, the, the, the launches last week. So this will be really interesting in terms of the competitions that's going to arise. Yep, very interesting. Uh, but I suspect in the near future, we'll also see either some convergence or some of these guys shutting down. Well, to Kenya now, where universities there seem to be (laughs) obsessed with building homegrown laptops, which is a good thing, I guess. It's very good. I mean, we need to bring manufacturing back to the continent. And the second university, the University of Arakmoy, is said to be manufacturing its own laptops. This follows, of course, the manufacture of a laptop by Jomo Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology. And uh, the difference, of course being that the the Moy University laptops are apparently not being assembled by university students on the university campus. I believe they've outsourced it or something like that. Still, it's being manufactured locally. It's a local brand. I'm happy for that. Of course, this is in line with um, that country's president, Uhuru Kenyatta, promising his nation that he'd like to see all grade one kids in, in primary schools get free laptops. And I suppose this is a step in the right direction, no doubt. Definitely is. You'd think that a brilliant idea like QuizzyBox would have sourced solid rounds of venture capital by now, but no. The company has resorted to trying to raise 5,000 US dollars on Indiegogo to keep their dreams, and indeed the dreams of potentially millions of hungry learners alive. It's a tough world out there, I mean, in terms of startups and uh, raising funds. So, basically, to explain to our listeners what QuizzyBox is all about, it's a credit card-sized uh, media media server, if I can put it that way, and it contains all content from Wikipedia, educational content from TED Talks, and other educational content, which can be accessible offline. So, once it connects to Wi-Fi, if there is Wi-Fi connectivity, it will update that, but when there is no Wi-Fi connectivity, students can continue to access that content. US dollars though? I mean, yo, they couldn't make 5,000 US dollars. Someone couldn't look at this idea and go, this is this is a great idea. It sounds brilliant. I mean, the, the implications of this is that you're a university student in a remote part of Africa where the internet um, or electricity is an issue and you can work offline and have access to the very best knowledge and information that anyone else in the world can get. Isn't that an idea that like any venture capitalist would be jumping on? I don't know. I'm just a little blown by the tiny figure. Well, personally, I don't see their unique selling proposition really apart. They don't generate content, so they give you content that's already available from Wikipedia. And you start talking about things like internet.org, which give you access to Wikipedia on a mobile phone. So that blows them out the water already. So if you've got a mobile phone, you can already access Wikipedia and some educational content. So you start asking yourself, maybe that's what venture capitalists are asking themselves, where's the unique selling proposition? Yeah, definitely they seem to have brought down the cost of manufacturing something like this, a media server or a content server to yeah, whatever they brought it down to and the size of it but in terms of a unique selling proposition I don't think I'll even put money on it as well solid point I mean one thinks of internet.org yeah I don't see it unique but the great idea I mean all ideas deserve to live and they need to push through with it don't take my word for it just go ahead Given how the campaign has been going for less than two weeks, uh, they seem to be on track to reach their fundraising goals. So more power to them. And perhaps maybe this won't be the breadwinner for this company. Perhaps this might launch them into other ventures. And yeah, I'm all for them getting this money and at least seeing this to, to the end. 
it's worth it. I mean, if all they need is traction and some few people who really love the idea to buy it, and they can continue from there. And finally, look, it's rough out here. Uh, sad news for subscribers of the video on demand streaming platform Wabona, which which is yeah, that's, that's ironic because I mean, if you don't speak Isizulu or Sindebele, Wabona means oh or Sasutu. I mean, Wabona means like now you see and now you don't, I guess, uh, because the company is shutting down. <laughs> Uh, Wabona is based in South Africa and was founded. My guy's laughing here. <laughs> yeah, no comment. It's just ironic. I mean, the name they chose, and it's, I, I'm not making fun. I'm making light of this thing, but okay. So anyway, Wabona, <laughs> Wabona is based in South Africa and was founded in 2012 by two Zimbabweans, my brothers, Simba Mabasha and Simukai Makuna. It, it, and look, they offered a subscription-based internet video streaming service with, you know, a specific focus on the African continent. Yes. And now they've just sent this really heartfelt letter going, thank you for, the, for taking the journey with us. If, if you've got outstanding subs- subscriptions with us, they'll be paid out very soon and we have to go. It hasn't worked out. Bye-bye. There's been signs, I think, maybe, looking back in hindsight. I mean, hindsight makes us wiser. A few weeks in July, in June, Wabona was having technical issues, which they'd regularly update customers on. Maybe those were the signs that they're about to shut down. But for me as well, it's the issue that Wabona carried a lot of SABC content, if I remember correctly. And SABC recently sold their archives to Nasperus, MultiChoice. Let's face it, MultiChoice will not be sharing that content with them the way SABC did. Let's just face it, their stranglehold on that content will not be in the public interest as it was at the public broadcaster no doubt and um i don't know if they yeah it's just it is it is sad i actually feel for these guys yeah i feel for them i'm not saying that's the reason why they're shutting down it could be other reasons but we don't know and we can't see it no but listen i mean you know i'm all for pivoting boldly and and certainly brilliant guys like this i'm sure the ecosystem is going to benefit in one way or another they're huge ideas i have no doubt that'll be coming from them look one thinks to one thinks of uh, some of their competition that's still out there uh, Iroka TV from Nigeria Boni from Kenya uh, Africanfilms.tv based uh, based in France what wonders how they're doing they are well as, as I said on one of the episodes that we never hear of big deals except Iroko. Jason is very vocal and he'll tell us when they sign deals with uh, Netflix, with uh, GoTV, etc. But all the other guys never mentioned. But also there's Afrinoli, which is also doing quite well. So yeah, we'll see how the, the, the market goes. But this is a perfect uh, introduction to our discussion segment. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? That's right. What are you going to do when the competition comes for you? I mean, just in this episode alone, we've discussed a number of foreign interests that are invading, if I can use that term, invading our markets with their services and products. The question is, how do you respond if you're a local incumbent who doesn't have as much money and certainly uh, perhaps as much experience in more developed markets? I mean, just going back to the uh, video on demand discussion with Wabona and Iroko, just last week, Y Combinator in the United States, headed by Sam Altman, announced that it's accepted uh, Afri Streams for their program. And Afri Streams will be providing African and Afro American centered video content. So immediately that talks to what are the other, comp- how are they going to respond? Because we all know Y Combinator, it's well healed, well resourced, and the program is proven to be successful. So how do you respond when a 
competitor, as one of the blogs Disrupt Africa says, from Silicon Valley or Europe comes for your pie. And you know what's crazy is, I, I mean, I read uh, an American blog, a very huge American blog, writing about that very company this week. And they made virtually no reference to incumbents that are busy doing exactly the same thing in Africa. Almost as though their existence is irrelevant to, to anything that's being planned or plotted abroad. Well, it could talk to that they don't see them or see them as irrelevant, but it could also talk to their focus. That they're so focused in dominating this market that they don't want to even look at these incumbents. And you know what? It's not just uh, video on demand. I mean, venture, you know, the venture capital space. I mean, we've covered this ex- extensively. Uh, Nest has just moved in from Hong Kong. Uh, meanwhile, all the local sort of vibes are like, nah, it's not working here. What about mobile money in the last? I mean, money transfers or remittances, transport, Uber's like killing it in Nigeria at least, uh, you know, limping along everywhere else. But we're not talking about anyone else. So it, one assumes they're still a market leader in many respects. Netflix hasn't decided Africa is going to happen yet uh, and when they do one wonders who else is going to bite the dust along with Wabona true and also I mean from content even us we're not immune to this I mean you've got guys like TechCrunch you've got very successful global podcasts which we battle with on, on iTunes and rank higher thankfully so far on iTunes in very specific African countries but what happens when they start to have a serious focus on the continent they decide to sort of squash us like the cockroaches we are well, they can try. <laughs> That's right. I'll have you know, cockroaches have survived nuclear bombs. <laughs> true. <laughs> no, very true. But back to the topic. I mean, what do we do as uh, entrepreneurs, uh, tech entrepreneurs in Africa, when well-heeled and well-resourced uh, competitors come for a pie? Well, let's listen to Nubi Kayode, a Nigerian business analyst at Accenture Ireland and managing partner at DevShackAlpha.co. He co-founded EasyAppetite.com, Nigeria's first online takeaway site in 2012, and then managed to avoid being railroaded by foreign-backed competition by making an exit in 2014 when his company was acquired by City Chops. Yeah, um, it, was, it was quite interesting like um, competing with um, Rocket Internet with my first startup, that's um, Easy Appetite, um, the online takeaway site. Um, yeah, but I mean, the big tips are, or the big lessons that came from that was... Um, I'm focusing on the niche market and that's uh, I'm trying to um, focus on like the student market as compared to like just every type of customer so that made us focused and uh, channeling our resources and um, signing up partnerships um, to target our market and I think another area was also um, customer service as well um, that's where most of the um, startups or even big um, companies but our funded you had dropped the ball so um, getting that right as well, um, I think kind of like um, kept us going for a while. When you can't go against these guys um, dollar to dollar, but um, little things as um, the way you treat customers and um, and just yeah, and that that was um, those are two ways that kept us going um, even in the face of of um, deep pocket competition like our rocket internet. Yeah, so yeah, that I think that would be my advice for any startup. Yeah, focus on um, a, a target market, be specific. I go for a niche market and. Um, have a kick-ass um, customer service and that that definitely keeps you keeps you going because then you build a loyal um, user base that, that will keep coming and also like um, um, spread to, um, using the word of mouth to actually acquire their customers for use. 
And this week, of course, big announcements coming out from Airbnb. It remains to be seen uh, what they'll have to say. And we'll probably share a lot more on that next week, you know, when we've, we've actually heard what they have to say. How does this leave you feeling, though? I mean, I suppose on one hand, it's exciting to have all the best innovators in the world interested in our markets. On the other hand, it's like, wow, give us a break, y'all. Like, It's rough. I mean, this is not charity. This is business. And I, I love it. I personally think it's good for us. It makes us step up our game. It makes us focus even more. So, yeah, we mustn't expect handouts. These guys are coming to take the market because it's business. And you can't look at them and say, oh, but they're coming for our part. The internet has brought down borders. I believe that's important. As much as they're coming for our market, we'd love to be the number one tech podcast in the USA. So it works both ways. I suppose there's a whole sort of socioeconomic side to it as well. I mean, we are living in a, a, a post colonial environment a lot of inequity still exists as as residue from a very very hectic past it's hard not to feel like we shouldn't be given an economic advantage to at least make up for what we've lost and in some respects one looks at developed economies where there's there's so much protectionism that disadvantages the developing world one feels you know it doesn't feel fair man Look, I'm not naive. There are there are protect, uh, protections in place in some way, indirectly, some way directly. But I just feel that uh, being in business, just step up your game. Really. You're in it to win. So, yeah, go for it. Yeah, just throw, out, just throw some nationalism in there with some socioeconomic whining. And and on the video on demand side, it's quite interesting because Jason Joku of Iroko TV likes saying that he's disrupting the incumbent. And I'm just wondering what happens when the disruptor gets disrupted. And one wonders whether being homegrown brings any advantages whatsoever. It does. And that's I think that's one of our big advantages and we must use it. Instead of, instead of trying to be a TechCrunch or an Airbnb or a Facebook, we must use that local knowledge to the best of our ability to give us an advantage because TechCrunch can come, Airbnb can come, but they don't have that. They can hire local knowledge, but they're not, they don't have that local knowledge like we do at the moment. And, and, and there's one. If there's anything someone can't do, is be you. So it's, it goes with your history. You're bringing up the different environments locally you've been in. The interaction with local people. You can't buy that. Absolutely. Well, listen, we want to know what you think. I mean, have you been affected by any of the moving and shaking we've described uh, across industries in tech, outside of tech? I mean, even, I mean, we were discussing off mic earlier about uh, the way Walmart just, you know, kind of just has changed the game in terms of retail in South Africa. Um, quite frankly, almost overnight, uh, their presence here has changed the landscape in that field. Have you been affected? Are, are you concerned about the trend of, of foreign-owned interests coming into, in, into our markets and in many cases overnight dominating uh, in, in, certainly in things like hotel bookings the social networks practically I mean we, we don't have we practically don't have any local social networks to speak of um, what is your thoughts in terms of that are you excited does it worry you are you a founder maybe a, a startup founder with an idea that your concern might get crushed this whole move to sort of take advantage of the growth that's happening on the continent. We want to hear from you. You know how to do it. Drop us a line at African Roundup. That's on Twitter. Use the hashtag ATRU. And of course, we'd love for you to contribute audio comments to make our show richer. To do that, get our team onto your case by using the hashtag ATRU comment. Drop us a line on that hashtag and we'll be on it like white rice. Otherwise, it's a big thank you to Lean Startup Joburg for their support this week. Want to learn how to fail fast and succeed even faster? Well, join the movement. 
Book your spot at the next Lean Joburg starting on Friday, July 31st at Josie Hub. Visit bit.ly forward slash Lean Josie or find them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Lean Joburg and on Twitter at Lean Joburg. Otherwise, until next week, it's cheers from me, Andy Lemasugo. And me, Tefomo Happy. Take it easy. Cheers, guys.